Thank you for downloading this sermon brought to you by the preaching ministry of Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, Nevada, Dr. David Tice. For more sermons in both audio and video format, we encourage you to visit experienceliberty.com. Also, for a word of encouragement, insight, and biblical inspiration, follow Pastor David Tice's blog at davidtice.com. So without further ado, let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Because we have a Savior. We don't have to guess that we're going to heaven. We don't have to hope that we're going to heaven. We can absolutely know that we are going to heaven. We've been talking about living kingdom truths, and today we're going to talk about giving a gift to the King, to our King, our Lord, and our Savior. So what will you give to your King? After all, it's his birthday. This morning I woke up and put some things around the tree so my wife could come out. She saw a bicycle she wanted a few uh, months ago, and I said, oh, that's nice. And uh, today she got it under the tree because I'm such a nice husband. I, every, every Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, by the way, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Every Thanksgiving, uh, at our, at, we have Tice family Thanksgiving at our house. Uh, everybody comes around, and after we eat, after we go through that, uh, the, the ritual of getting fat, we uh, then, I, I say to everybody, I say, now listen, right now, you need to go and find out, get some, get some papers, get, uh, go online, and find out what you want for me to get you for Christmas. For Grandma and me are going to get you whatever you want for Christmas, but you've got to write it down. You've got to give it to me so that tomorrow I'm going to go shopping. I'm not going out of the house. I, I, I love Amazon. It's just so wonderful. I mean, I don't mind watching Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, going nuts at Christmas looking for Turbo Man, but I, I don't want to be out there with the rest of the nuts. And so they, uh, they, they, they make a list, and they, go, they give me list after list after list of things. And, and I have 30 people on that list. My wife and I go then through the list and look at, at, at the things. It's a wonderful thing. I have, I have 10 wonderful children, uh, five by birth and five by marriage, and then I have 19 grandchildren that they have given to us, and we just love it. Love, we love buying gifts at Christmas. We love purchasing gifts at Christmas, getting things to, 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 uh, to honor uh, those that we love. So, so uh, at, at Christmas time, when we're thinking about our Savior, we want to give him something. Why? Because he's an awesome, awesome God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the God of the universe, and he is so, so awesome. He is the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind, and he's the greatest gift giver that has ever lived on this planet. He has given us everything. I was comparing him this week in my mind to, to earthly kings. Uh, earthly kings. I, I was thinking, I, I read back, I just went in to, to read some uh, of the biography of uh, King uh, Charles and uh, li looking at what happened to him and other kings and comparing our Savior, our King, with the kings of this earth. King Charles was born in Buckingham Palace. Jesus was born in a barn. My mother used to accuse me of being born in a barn. Jesus was born in a barn, not in, in a palace fit for a king. He was born in a barn. Kings 
demand that they be served. Jesus came, the Bible says, to serve. He said, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Kings demand respect. Jesus came to make us respectable. There was no way in the world we were fit for heaven. Jesus came and through his transforming power made us fit for heaven so that we are children of the king and we are able to go to heaven. Jesus was the pure lamb of God. Oftentimes when you read about kings, you read about their immorality, you read about their self-centered, egotistical lives, but Jesus was the pure lamb of God. He came to serve, living to serve. Kings don't socialize with common people. They go in parades and they wave and they give you this and give you this. And, uh, but Jesus left his throne in heaven to live among sinners. What an amazing king we have. Kings go where they're going to be treated like royalty. When you know the king's coming, every, everything's cleaned up, everything's fixed up, everything's done, and everything's ready, and they're treated like royalty, Jesus came where he knew he would be rejected. He knew that when he came here, that first they would, they would applaud him, but when he didn't act as though they wanted him to act, they would spit on him, they would beat him, they would abuse him, and they would hang him on a cross where he would suffer an agonizing death, the equivalent of hell, so that we could have eternal life. <laughs> Kings take. They take taxes. They take whatever they want. But Jesus left his throne to come to this earth to die, to pay for our sins. Jesus left everything. Kings send their subjects to die in wars. Kings send others to go and do the hard stuff. Jesus left his throne so we could inherit his kingdom. Imagine that. This is so totally and completely unfathomable for a man. That's why we know the Bible is no myth. What Jesus did is absolutely unthinkable for man. Jesus did all of this so we could have eternal life. Like I said a minute ago, kings take taxes. Jesus gave his life. He gave everything for us. Kings rule for a time on this earth. But Jesus will rule forever. Say amen to that. Amen. He will rule and reign forever. Kings have limited subjects. But the Bible tells us this, that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Say amen to that. Amen. That is why 2,000 years have passed and we are still celebrating his birth. That is why we are here. Jesus is an awesome king. He's done all of this for us. He's made it possible for us to get to heaven. 
So the question today is what have you given to him or what will you give to him? After all, again, it's his birthday. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, the Bible says this, telling the story from Matthew's point of view of the birth of the Lord. It says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. This was his engaged what woman and yet she's pregnant and he had nothing to do with it the Bible says then Joseph her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily he said look when she came and she told him I'm gonna have a baby I mean, what would your response be? How can this be? Why would you do this to me? We, we had a, we, our, our engagement has been, has been announced to everyone. Everyone knows that you are legally my wife and that we haven't been together yet. Now you, you have the nerve to come and tell me this? And then she would say to him, but you, don't, you need to understand, I haven't been with another man. This is God. An angel came to me. What would you do if your fiance said this to you I mean she said she had to have said to him look uh, I I wasn't with a man God placed his son in my womb and I'm carrying a child that is the child the son of God he said man this is crazy I don't want to embarrass her I don't want to humiliate her I want to divorce her legally do the documentation, but I want it to be private, and I, I just want to set her aside. The Bible says he was a just man and a righteous man. He wanted to put her away privily. But this is what happened in verse 20. While he thought on these things, it's as though he took some time to ponder this. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he, the word Jesus means Savior, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from his sleep, this is such an important statement, then Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and he took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Today I want to look at several of the characters in the Christmas story and look at what they gave the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you'll bless this time as we're studying your word together. I pray, Father, as we're here celebrating your birth, Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for a country where we live and they still celebrate 
Christmas. Many don't know what it's all about, but Father, we celebrate the birth. 2,000 years later, we're celebrating the birth of your son, the Lord Jesus. Jesus, we're celebrating your birth. And Father, I thank you for the importance that is in this nation. And I pray, Father, for all of those who would fight against it, I pray you would hinder them. And I pray, Father, that more and more your name would be exalted in this country. I pray that your name would be holy, your kingdom would come, your will would be done in this nation, in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. I pray you'd give us Father, everything that we need to do your will. I pray you'd forgive us our sins. Father, we do forgive those that sin against us. Lead us not into trials. Deliver us as your people, Father, from satanic attack. We pray your kingdom and power and glory would be known through us. May we truly represent you. May we follow the examples of those we're going to read about in the next few minutes. And Father, live to glorify you. May we honor you in what we give to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What will you give to the Lord? Look at Joseph, first of all. He gave his reputation and he gave his obedience. Joseph would have been in a situation, he was a man that was probably several years older than Mary. He was in his 30s, maybe young 30s. She was uh, probably 17 to 19 years old. He has made this arrangement. In the Jewish community, everybody knew that they were, that they were uh, uh, promised one to another. And now she comes and she says, I am pregnant with a child and and it's not yours and you know it's not yours but this one is of God he has to think about it and he's thinking about it and the angel of the Lord comes and says listen it's okay this child is the son of God this child is God's son you take her you marry her and and uh, and and you raise this child and, and honor God by doing that. At that point, Joseph had to determine, am I going to be obedient to God? Am I going to put myself in this humiliating situation? He could have, he could have eased his reputation, protected his reputation by putting her away. And he would have been the big man. He would have been the respected man for doing that. And doing it privily so that she's not humiliated, he would have, in the eyes of man, looked so much better. So oftentimes we make decisions about what we're going to do and we're not going to do based on what people are going to say. What they're going to do or how they're going to respond. Joseph, as soon as he heard from the angel, the Bible says he woke up, got up, and he chose to do what God wanted him to do. Forgetting his reputation, he chose obedience. Jesus was given from Joseph, his earthly father figure, if you would. He was given the gift of obedience. He was, he was, he was willing to give up his reputation. Man, what about us? What about us? Are we willing to do what God wants us to do, 
no matter what anybody says? Are we willing to share the gospel even if it's unpopular? Are we willing to give out that gospel track? Are we willing to invite people to church? Are we willing to say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do? It doesn't matter what the world says. I'm going to be obedient to Jesus Christ. I had a friend years ago, a uh, member of this church. He uh, came to church on Sunday morning, was at church Sunday morning. He was constantly trying to uh, witness to his uncles and his dad and his brothers. He'd gotten saved and God had changed his life. He was uh, at a family get-together uh, one Sunday afternoon, and they were all having a good time. That, that afternoon, he got up. He said, well, I, it's time for me to go. I'm, uh, and they said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to church. We have services this evening, uh, and, and I'm going to go to church. And they said this. They said, you're going to go to church again? You're going to get, like, like, this is a torturous thing, and you're going to do it twice in one day? You're going to go to church again? And he looked, and he said, Lord, give me something to say. And then he, they, was, they were all sitting there watching a football game. And he said, what are you going to do? They said, well, there's another game after this. He said, you're going to watch another game? You're going to watch football again? And they said, we like football. He said, I love Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, when you love Jesus, you want to be around his people. When you love Jesus, you want to be in his home. When you love Jesus, you want to serve him. And he just said, I'm going to do what, I, what God wants me to do. Listen, we need to be willing to give God our reputation. Whatever it is, God, you want me to do, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be obedient to you. He gave, Joseph gave Jesus his reputation. He gave him his obedience. There's another uh, meant person that is mentioned in the Scripture. It's back in Luke. In Luke, the Bible tells us that when, when Jesus was born, uh, or before Jesus was born, uh, Joseph and Mary went to, uh, to Bethlehem because they were taxed by, by Caesar, Augustus, and so they had to go to Bethlehem, which was, which was the hometown or the registered town of Joseph. And so Joseph had to go there. And the Bible says this, when they got there, they were looking for a place to stay, but there was no place to stay. And the Bible says in verse 7 of Luke chapter 2, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. The word manger means a feeding trough, because there was no room in the inn, for, or for them in the inn. Now, a lot of people disparage the innkeeper for not allowing him to come in. But we need to understand that it's different. An inn back then was different than an inn here. In our day, you go to the Holiday Inn, you get a room and a bath, and uh, you get also, hopefully, uh, you get clean sheets, and you get all of that, and you got, and you got privacy. This is you and your, and your family in the room. An inn back then wasn't like that. An inn back then would be like this auditorium. You came in and everybody was in that inn. They were staying there and they had different places in that big room where everybody would see everybody. And, uh, but you just huddled in your corner of that room. That was an inn in Bethlehem at that day. When she came and there was, uh, and, and, and there was no room in the inn, the innkeeper could have said, go away, but instead, the innkeeper, uh, the innkeeper, I'm sorry, the innkeeper gave him 
I gave his barn. He said, you can use my barn. Now, when they went to that barn, oftentimes uh, we, we look at that and we say, well, that was terrible. No, you need to understand she had privacy there. She could give birth, just her and her husband. Again, the Bible says she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. But that innkeeper gave him a place in his home. He gave him a place off the street. He took him in. He gave him a place. Can I ask you this? What place have you given Jesus? When, when, when uh, uh, it comes to your home, to your place, we all should say to the Lord, Lord, here it is. My heart is yours. My life is yours. Use my home any way you want to use my home. Use me any way you want to use me. Use my life any way you want to use my life. Don't disparage the innkeeper. The innkeeper gave his barn. He gave a place. And we should ask ourselves, what place am I giving Jesus? Has he got a little corner of my heart? Or has he got everything? He gave it all for you. What are you giving for the Savior? Number three, the angels. I love the story of the angels. The, the angels gave him praise. The angels honored him. The Bible says that they were, they were, they were so excited they couldn't hold back. The Bible says, and suddenly there was with the angels as they went out to, to the shepherds, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. The angels praised him. They honored him. They couldn't hold back. Praising God means telling him how wonderful he is. Do you do that on a daily basis? You know, we get, we, we, somebody gives us a gift and we tell them how great they are. Somebody, somebody treats us nice, whatever. We, we'll praise people all the time. Do you take time alone with the Lord when no human beings are around to, to tell Jesus, Lord, you are wonderful. You are so holy. Do you ever just go in a room by yourself and sing to the Lord? It's one thing, and by the way, I love the fact that we come here week after week and we hear the choir sing praises. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying uh, how wonderful our God is and how, how magnificent our God is. And when we're singing about his birth and we're singing about how wonderful he is, that's praising him. And we should do that in public. We should get together and praise him. And God honors the fact that we praise him publicly. But privately, do you ever get alone and just say, hey, there's nobody else around, Father. I just want to tell you how wonderful you are. How thankful I am for you. God, you are wonderful. Take some of these songs that we sing here and go alone with the Lord and sing them to him when there's no human being when there's no human being around uh, praise him there's a different word for the word uh, for telling other people how wonderful he is that's the word bless he, when we when we bless some uh, someone we, when the word bless comes from a Greek word which means to eulogize and so uh, to, when we when we have a, a funeral 
And uh, we talk about the person in the casket. We say how wonderful he is. We're talking to other people about how wonderful that person is that's in the casket. And we should do that. We should tell everybody how wonderful Jesus is. But praise is going to the individual and saying, go to Jose Miano and saying, nice hair. And uh, uh, it's amazing. I knew Jose when he was just like, 14, 15 years old, right? And you had hair. But you didn't shine for Jesus like you do today. So we, we, we praise. To, to praise is to tell somebody how wonderful they are. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, I'm kidding him, but the fact of the matter is that guy shines for Jesus. That guy tells people about the Lord all the time. The fact is, we ought to tell him when we're, when we're all by ourselves alone, Lord, I love you. You are amazing. I like to sing to the Lord every single day. And you know what? He likes my voice. I don't want to torture you with my voice, but he likes my voice. The, Joseph gave his reputation. Joseph gave his obedience the innkeeper gave him a place. The angels gave him praise. I like the shepherds. The shepherds gave their voices. The shepherds, when they saw what Jesus had done, well, let's read what it says. The Bible says, and when they had seen it, when they had come and seen the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, when they had seen it, the Bible says, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told unto them concerning this child. They started going everywhere and saying, we saw this baby and the angels told us that he, was, that he was the king of the Jews, that he was the savior of the world, that he was bringing peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And all they that heard it wondered at these things. How did they wonder? Because the, because the shepherds went and told them what they knew. They told them all things which were told them by the shepherds, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I love it when somebody just gets saved, when a person trusts Christ as Savior, and they just, they, they're out telling everybody what God has done for them. God's changed my life. God's worked in my life. You don't understand. I just began to, un, uh, to, 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 uh, I just began to understand who Jesus is and that he is the Savior and that he came to this earth and he died and he paid the penalty of our sin and he was buried and rose from the dead. And they're telling everybody. When I first committed my life to the Lord, I can remember thinking, I got to use every opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And I was in a speech class. And so in, in the speech class, at Rancho High School, I would get up and I would start, uh, I would, uh, you get an opportunity once a week to give a speech. Well, I would use the, that opportunity to stand up and, and preach from the Word of God. And I would tell different stories from the Bible every, I mean, I, and I thought, I thought I'm being very uh, versatile. I'm telling different stories from different parts of the Bible and I'm telling them then. And one, there was a girl in our, in our class, her name was Nina, and uh, in her class, uh, and again, I thought I'm, I'm using different, different passages, it's different um, uh, uh, messages every week. I wasn't thinking them as messages, I was just thinking this is a speech, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus. So I would tell them about the Lord, so, uh, and, and then 
all the kids would critique each other. That's what you do in speech class. They would critique. Nina put there, and Nina was a friend of mine, but Nina said uh, about the third or fourth time I preached, she put, she put same, uh, what was the topic? She said, same old thing. <laughs> same old thing. <laughs> and, and my speech teacher was very gracious. He wasn't a born-again Christian. She said, he said, you need to understand that this young man is trying to learn how to be a preacher. So, that, so, so you have to give him that grace, and you need to allow him to teach the same old things. Look, we need to use every opportunity we have to tell people about Jesus Christ. We, I, we, my wife and I yesterday went into, uh, we got new glasses. You say they look exactly the same. They do, because that's what I pick. The same thing every year. So, I, I, uh, anyway, we got new glasses. When I got the new glasses, um, uh, Anna got, was getting adjusted, and, uh, and we were getting ready to leave, and I pulled out one of these Christmas cards, and I said, hey, I said, uh, have you got a Christmas card yet? That's such a great question this time of year. And, and she said, oh, no. I said, well, here's a Christmas card. She looked at it. She did this, adjusting her glasses. And, uh, and she said, oh, oh, a Baptist church. She said, I've been looking for a Baptist church. I said, well, that's great. Then we were able to talk. She was looking for a Baptist church. And God sent a Baptist preacher and a Baptist preacher's wife there to get glasses. Why? So she could hear. And you know what the devil said? You don't, she doesn't want to hear about this. devil is a liar. Can you say amen to that? He is a liar. Uh, 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 we, uh, we had an opportunity, and she, I, we told her about the services. We told her about Christmas Eve service tonight. That's going to be so beautiful as we sing the Christmas songs, and uh, just it's going to be great. So we told her about that, and we invited her to church this morning. I'm so glad. My wife we had to go to Burlington Coat Factory yesterday. Burlington Coat Factory at this time of year is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, a jingle all the way was, the, and she said, she stood in line for an hour. She said, I was standing in line just to check out for an hour. And she said, I was, uh, as I was uh, standing in line, she said, I, I, this is just a waste of time. She said, oh, no, it's not. And she reached into her purse, and she pulled out of her purse all sorts of gospel tracts, and she just started handing people gospel tracts. It was a great, great opportunity uh, to just share the gospel. She said, I gave out all sorts of tracts, David. I said, that's wonderful. We need to take advantage of every opportunity that God has given to us. The shepherds gave their voices. They, they praised God. They told other people what they had seen. And by the way, that's what witnessing is. It's just telling other people what you have seen. It's telling other people what God has done for you, how God has changed your life. You say, I, I remember, I remember when I first trusted Christ as my Savior, I thought, you know, I don't know how to witness, and somebody might ask me a question that I don't know, so I've decided I'm, I'm not going to witness until I read through the entire Bible. And then I'll be able to answer all the questions, because of course, after I read through the entire Bible, I'll know it all. And... Uh, so I've now read through the Bible 40 or 50 times, and I still don't know, know it all. So don't wait till you know it all. Can you say amen to that? Because you're never going to know it all. Just tell people what God has done for you. The shepherds gave their voices. And then there's the wise man. The wise man, man came, and of course we haven't had time to read all of this, but in Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child, 
with Mary his mother and they fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now we know all this, but I want you to see this. The wise men, the wise men gave their worship. They gave their worship. They came to him where he was. The word worship, listen, the word worship is used in a totally different fashion in our culture, and words do change. The meaning of words do change. So when we talk about worship, we talk about singing and praising, and we talk about lifting hands, and we do all sorts of things. But the word worship in the Bible means to fall down before. What this actually means is that these wise men, and we don't know how many there were, we sing we three kings, but we don't know. We just know that the three of the gifts that they gave were gold and frankincense and myrrh. And, uh, but, but the Bible tells us this, that we do know however many kings there were, whether there were two or whether there were 15, they all came when they saw him, they got down. The word worship means to bow down before they got down on their knees. They bowed before him. They put themselves in a position of servitude. They put themselves in a position of humility. Before this baby, they said, we are here to serve you. We recognize that you are above us. We recognize that you are holy and just and good and that you are above us. It's a position of recognizing that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They gave him their worship. You and I ought to do that daily. It honors him. In the Old Testament, God said to Israel, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. God wanted his people, Israel, and God will work. People say, when is God, when is Jesus going to come and rule and reign in Israel? When is that going to take place? When Israel, this is absolutely, I'm telling you, when Israel humbles itself before Jehovah God and begins to cry out to God in the name of Jesus, Jesus will come. That's absolute promise from God over and over in the Old Testament. We wait for God to do that. We look for the time that God will do that. that was, that's true for the nations of Israel. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, that is, bow before me and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a promise to the nation of Israel. But I'm telling you, the practical application for you and me is this. You, have, you, you need God to work in your life. You want God to protect you. You want God to work in our nation. You want to see the, the garbage that's in our nation. You want to see a reversal of things. You want to see God take care of wicked politicians and God elevate righteous ones. You want to see God move in your family. You want to see God move in your church. You want to see God work in your city. You want to see God work in your state, in your nation. You want to see God work in your life. Then humble yourself before him. Make a deliberate act every day like the, like the wise men did. Make a deliberate determination that you're going to humble yourself before him daily. Humble yourself before him daily, seeking his face. A, a young entrepreneur went to great lengths one time to get to know people who had been successful. He was very young. He wanted to talk to people who had made it financially millionaires that had made it he made appointments with different people he there was one 
man who was very wealthy, and he kept trying to make appointments with him, and he said, no, I can't, I can't. Finally, because of the persistence of this young man, this millionaire, multimillionaire, said, okay, I'll meet with you. He said, in fact, I'm going to go to lunch on a particular afternoon. You be there, you meet me, and I'll spend lunchtime talking to you. I'll give you 45 minutes of my time. He said, he said that's great. So he, he went, he met with the, this guy. He, outside of the restaurant, there was a line waiting to get in, and there's this man, and he walked up and he introduced himself. He said, thank you for taking time uh, to, 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 to talk to me. And he said, he said, young man, you got 45 minutes of my time. As we go in, we're going to eat. I'm gonna, I'll talk to you over, dinner, or over lunch, and then, then I'm gone. As they approached the stairwell to walk into the restaurant, they, the millionaire looked down on the floor and he saw a penny on the ground. He went down, picked up the penny, and got back up and put the penny in his pocket. And the, the young man said, wow, I've learned something already. He said, what's that? He said, he said obviously you reach down to get that penny because you know that every, every penny counts. Oh, he said, oh, young man, that's not why I bowed down to pick up that penny. He said, on that penny are the words, in God we trust. And every time I see a coin on the ground, I bow down to say to God as I'm picking it up, God, it's in you that I trust. It reminds me that I can do nothing without him. Now that's a lesson to be learned. And that's something you and I need to learn. And we need to bow before the Lord every single day. I mean, it, the Bible tells us that our spirit should be bowed before him all the time. But we ought to outwardly go before the Lord as the wise men did and give him our worship. We should give him our gifts as well. They gave gold and frankincense and myrrh. We should give God our tithe, our talent, and our time. God, I'm, my time is yours. My talent is yours. My abilities are yours. Everything I have belongs to you. The wise men gave their treasures. We turned to Luke a few minutes ago. But let me, I want you to see specifically this last passage. I want you to, in, in Luke chapter 1, I want you to see what Mary gave. In, in Luke chapter 1, the Bible says, when the angel of the Lord came to her in verse uh, 26, the Bible says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in under her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, 
exactly what you would have said, I would have said. How shall this be, seeing I'm no, I, I know not a man? And the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that thing, that holy thing which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy, thy um, cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a, a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. How is this going to happen? Well, the angel said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now look at Mary's response in verse 38. The Bible said, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Look what Mary gave. The Bible says that Mary gave her body. And when they were coming to the house, the young child, I'm sorry, verse, wrong verse. Mary gave her body. Mary gave her everything. Mary gave her body. The Bible says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. I'm go I, God is going to place within you his son, you're a virgin. You, you are, this is going to be, uh, you're going to be a, a person that's going to be scandalized. You've got to explain this to Joseph. All these things had to, we think sometimes of these people in so holy terms. Understand, she's panicked. This is a weird experience. This is something she, she may have thought about. But man, this is, this is something that is absolutely crazy. And, and God tells her through this angel exactly what's going to take place. And she doesn't say, no, go do something else. I have plans. I'm planning on having a normal human life on this earth. She said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me. Use my body any way you want to use me. Wow. We should have that same heart. She gave her body. She's willing to give everything. When she gave her body, she was given everything. Paul said it this way. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We serve an amazing God. We serve a God that has given us everything. We serve a God that wasn't, a king that wasn't, didn't demand to be born in a palace, was born in a barn. Didn't come to be served, but willing to serve. Didn't, didn't demand that you give your life. He gave his life so that you could have life eternal. He left his kingdom so you could be part of his kingdom. We, we, he gave it all. He died on a, a cross, paid for our sins, was buried, rose from the dead, did all of that for you and for me. He's given it all. And now when we put our faith and trust in Christ, we become sons and daughters of God, heirs to that kingdom. We should be busy telling everybody about him. The last eight weeks, we've seen that we're citizens of, of, of God in heaven. We are citizens of his kingdom. We are his sons and daughters. We have a wonderful king that's given us everything. 
today, let's just ask ourselves, as we're going into Christmas, tomorrow is Christmas morning, where we celebrate the birth of our King, ask ourselves, what am I giving Him? And let's spend our lives giving Him back what He's given us, that is life everlasting. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Pray you help us to take the truths of this story and apply them to our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to this earth. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending him. Thank you that we can have eternal life because of his death, burial, and resurrection. Lord Jesus, because of your death, burial, and resurrection, because you were willing to do. Father, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior and God, hasn't personally come to you and asked you to save them, I pray that before this service is over, that they will put their faith and trust in you, that everyone in here will leave here knowing they're going to heaven because they've asked you to be their Savior. And I ask this in Jesus' name. We hope that message was an encouragement to your heart. Now for weekly updates and for information about Liberty Baptist Church, be sure to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC of Las Vegas. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, God bless.